1: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Opto Sessions. I'm Ed Gotham and today we've got the pleasure of inviting 50 Pips back on the show for a deep dive in the markets and, as always, price action. We talk the US election and how you should have a game plan regardless of the outcome. 50 also takes us through the major levels in gold, S&P 500 and NASDAQ and we finish by discussing the importance of removing your bias. Enjoy everyone. Good to have you back on the podcast again. Uh, how's, how's your week going hello thank you for having me back all good uh busy um plenty
0: of stuff going on so I, I can't complain can't complain
1: i thought we'd um roll straight into it and uh see what's catching your eye on the markets at the moment is anything in particular that's interesting this week
0: i guess that would depend on what time frame not uh, on this specific week not really um i think here we're just uh we're chopping around, right? The market is yeah. waiting for uh, some kind of catalyst. We're going towards the election. Uh, markets waiting or hoping for some kind of uh, stimulus bill. Same old from the central banks. They're pretty much begging governments to to do their part, uh, do fiscal, do something, and not rely only on the central banks. And you know everything's a, a little bit up in the air. Um, I think most people are focused on. On the same trades, the way the central banks uh, have positioned themselves, uh, you know, try and stay long, uh, long risk, stay long bonds, stay long equities, um, short the dollar. Right. And um, so again, but, you know, essentially we haven't really moved that much. Um, I think what's interesting is that the normal seasonal patterns are playing out quite nicely. Um, there be a there's beautiful little uh, little sell opportunity looking for that seasonal pullback September into October, uh, then when we went through quarter end, month end, and quarter end, that set up a beautiful little buy which is currently in, in play. All of a sudden, the uh, you know uh, indices are back above their 50-day moving average after having come back, and pretty much everything across the board held that 100. So. Mm-hmm. I think it's very technical. It's um, it's
1: interesting. I think we can't complain this year. And um, regards to stimulus, is 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 that um, if that if we do see more stimulus, and I mean it, a lot of people are thinking that's that's quite likely, is that just going to ramp the equity markets more? Or has it already been priced in? What are your what are your thoughts on that? I don't have a crystal ball, <laughs> so
0: I I don't know. Um, you would assume that it's 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 uh, it's priced in, but. Then again, I'm not really uh, a fan of trying to pontificate or try and, yeah. you know, make, you know, to see what's going to happen. Because, you know, as always, with all the news, when Trump got elected um, his first term, nobody knows how the market's going to react. You know, what's important yeah. is, of course... How the prices, uh, prices, tr- what the mark, how the market is positioned, and what they're pricing in. I think it's 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 fairly easy to have a structural view longer term, and it's fairly easy to have a, a shorter term tactical view. But these midterm views, I tend to prefer to go with whatever price does that. Of course, there's yeah. there's there's an overlay in terms of the way you'd be thinking about it. Right here, you're thinking about it. Okay, the market is behaving very tactically, um, very, very technically overall. If you look at how the market tends to behave normally, we have that September heavy September, and then we ramp up into the end of the year, right? If we look at how markets tend to trade also in the fourth year of a presidential cycle, the difference is that September, also October is a little bit heavy, but then we get that ramp up. So mm, okay. ultimately, I tend to believe that the market will do what it wants to do, and the narrative will somehow justify it. (laughs) So, uh, you know, it it is what it is. But here, if you're looking at it, we're still in a situation where the market wants to believe, right? Right. The market wants to believe. Now, you can argue it's because the politicians or the central banks are just pushing everybody further down the risk curve, which is inevitable with the way rates are and what they've told us about rates going forward. So the market kind of has no way out. So it's in a situation where good news is good news because you've got to be long, right? And bad news is good news because don't worry, they got your back. They're going to do something to fix it. So unless you get some kind of really unexplained or unexpected shock, it's difficult to see how you can be structurally bearish. Now, of course, you can, you can talk about the fact that this is a Ponzi scheme, you could be upset at all you want, but that's been the case since 20- 2009. <laughs>
1: you know yeah
0: and so so again and 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 as i like to say you can wake up every day or every monday looking for a six sigma move and looking for everything to to come crashing down tumbling down because that's the way you're programmed but the reality is that even in the context of what's happened you know, we had a, a 30 plus percent correction in, in, in March off the highs. And as I said, when we were trading below 2400 you have to entertain the possibility, especially with what the Fed done, that that's it. That was your, your big correction, right? And then mm-hmm. along the way, we've had other corrections. I mean, if memory serves, I mean, we had that uh, another 10 percent correction pretty much in the E.S., yeah um here recently, which is again very beautiful move also lining up with the seasonal we had another 10% correction mm-hmm. so it is what it is. Does that mean that I think uh, it's sustainable? Does it mean this is how I'd be running policy? No, but th- that's not what I'm paid to do. I'm paid to, to come into the day every single day with some capital to allocate decide whether there's an opportunity that makes, good enough sense for me to put that money to work and do my best to manage my risk and try and bank coin every day. Yeah. Everything else is for, you know, pub talk or for people whose job it is to write articles and pontificate on these things. That's, that's, that's not what, what I'm here to do.
1: Yep. Yep. And, um, in terms of the market activity around election time, um, so, you, I mean, you touched on it there. So you, do you typically you see up until, you know, the results come out is, is, is basically um, pretty sideways motion or even, you know, even, even down because the market, you know, is waiting for the, a decision to be made. And then you, you sort of mentioned that after that's made, it, it tends to sort itself out and start sort of pushing up towards the end of the year. Is it, in, in terms of historically, that's what happens.
0: I think here it's people love to put things in boxes, right, and compare things to, to, to means or averages or whatever, right? It's kind of yeah. like the example of what happened with, with Trump, right? Not to get political or I don't want to get anybody upset, but just looking at the facts. So just to give you a small example, what happened on Friday? So Trump uh, announced that he had COVID, right? And straight away, what people what people did is people started going on saying, oh, okay, so Trump is 70-something years old, 74, 75 years old. He's slightly obese, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, the chances of him dying or, you know, to what usually happens in this because people want some kind of certainty, right? Now, they completely forget the fact that, uh, you know, he, he's at he's got access to the best possible care money can buy he's gonna have people watching him 24 7 he's being tele- helicoptered to 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 the hospital so how could you possibly want to compare his case of getting COVID at that age with that weight with a national or world average what sense does that make right is i was having the discussion the other day with with somebody who said you know it's like oh uh i deadlift 150 kilos or you know six plates whatever and somebody will automatically made make a, a judgment on what that means but if you don't know uh how often that person trains if you don't know uh how 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 much that person weighs how old they are it it means nothing so yeah. equally going to a long winded uh um Uh, Reply. You can, of course, people can tell we haven't scripted this, (laughs) but as I'm thinking through it, but is um, going into the election, how many times, you know, you can have an idea of what usually happens, but how many times have we gone into an election with uh, a president like Trump having to deal with an opponent like Biden going into an election where we know it's going to be contested? We know that likely even. We won't know the results of whatever. Is it going to. First of all, is it even going to take place or are either of these two guys going to be in hospital, right? If it takes place, we know it's very likely that with all the mail-in votes, we won't even have the proper uh, result. Maybe two weeks after we, we might not even know for two weeks. We've already had Trump tell us that he's not even going to probably accept the results because either if he wins, he wins. <laughs> if he doesn't, it's rigged. So why would I possibly, I'm just giving you the way I think, I'm not, yeah. I'm not um, why would I possibly wanna introduce a bias into my mind on I think this is gonna happen, I, this, this should happen and I'm gonna try and trade it like this based on what's happened in the past. I'd much rather go into it thinking about the bigger picture and looking where price is with respect to certain key levels support and resistances and then see how it reacts at specific support and resistances as it starts to move yep in in my way of trading or thinking and again there's no right or wrong way i prefer to do that because that means that i'm a lot less committed to anything i'm a lot less i'm I'm a lot more nimble I don't have any bias that can, I'm just I'm just going to, to, to be free, you know, free like water to just go wherever I need to go. Um, because what I like to say, I think both whether you're looking at what usually happens or I think we're at a stage that you could probably make an extremely good, a, a fairly decent, eloquent Case for why, if Trump wins, markets are going to wobble, or if Trump wins, markets are going to skyrocket. And the same thing for Biden. Now, of course, naturally, you tend to believe markets would stay more bid and much, much, easier if, if Trump um, if Trump wins than if Biden wins. But I think with all these things, you know, we don't get ma- paid for making eloquent arguments, right? We're getting yep. paid to so that's my long-winded answer if i had to give you something more concrete and what essentially i've been looking at for 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 month now or except for me the if you have to have um a position on if you have to have uh some risk in the market I think that the, the, the best, I would never have a naked position on, but my preferred position would be and has been to be long either YM or Russell against NASDAQ short. And that's possibly mm-hmm. a trade that, that, that can continue for a long time, right? Because of whether Trump or Biden wins, uh, you know, uh, effectively na- uh, tech has had a huge run. Tech also benefit from the lockdown and the panic essentially tech became the new safe haven right Uh, safe haven uh and now what we're seeing is no matter uh what happens sooner or later the economy is going to pick up again things are going to pick up again whether you get stimulus or not and and we've seen that they're going to continue to help the traditional blue chips and and, and things what if things free up and get better that will help the traditional economy so you'd expect to see money coming out of tech and moving back into the old traditional names and even under trump and if everything getting better right and even if we get a situation where biden wins he's going to want to help the economy etc but he's also going to be much tougher on tech he said so and that would probably bring more headwind on tech so Mm. i think it i prefer not having a completely binary bet and i would not want to have a, a, a a um a bullish or bearish bet or a naked bet but i prefer to have if i have to have a structural view i'd rather look at it in the sense of what kind of position can I have on to somehow mitigate my risk but where I have um, the best possible chance of uh, being paid on both sides or uh, again being paid uh, a lot more uh, if I'm right and not losing that much if I'm wrong with some kind of a hedge. But I think ultimately um, it's a trade that would buy you duration and ultimately, and, and it has been paying, it has been paying big for for not only uh, if you're looking at it on a multi-week horizon but also a lot of days intraday. Today's a, a great example, you know, RTY is up 1.2% still, Russell's mm-hmm. still up over 1% and Nasdaq's down half a percent pretty much. So yep. I think if I had to, that's the way I would look at it. I try and, and take politics out of it. I try and guess specific knee-jerk reactions, just try and look at the bigger picture. That's the way yeah, yeah. I would look at it.
1: Uh, and Have you got the, um, in the Russell and the Nasdaq, are there some like key levels you're watching that would like big ones that might be the levels coming up into the election as well?
0: Well, I mean, if you if you're having if if you're if you're like, I, I'm holding the position, but uh, I mean, if you have uh, that position on, you don't care about levels, right? Because you're just playing on the on on the spread right here. I mean, whether you're looking on at, at the NASDAQ or whether you're looking at the at the ES, essentially, um, there's something that um, that is evident, right? Is that <laughs> that We're stuck pretty much at, if you look at the ES now, for example, we're stuck around 3,400, right? Incidentally, 3,400 is where we puked in March. Yeah. So, you know, we unwound. And our base case was after the March low, and I I think I might have discussed it with you. I'm not sure if in the last time we had the podcast, but after we bounced Mm -hmm. off that 2,400, my base case assumption was that. You have to be ready for that low to be a significant low and could possibly be the low in this cycle. But my bet was that from that March low into the election, I expected, broadly speaking, the ES, so equities and also the dollar with the high and low it put in to be stuck in that range all the way into the election because we need to have some catalysts and it'll be very hard to have one unless we get through the election. Now, yeah. what happened is, wrong because we broke through that 3440. But then we came right back in with that 10% correction in September. So you see, essentially, we've gone right back and the same thing with the dollar—it's trying to hold outside that range. But essentially, this is what's happened. The market had that euphoria and the puke where the central banks say, OK, that's it, guys. We got your back. Just don't worry. We got your back. Powell can't. We're going to do whatever it takes we're coming in we're buying bonds we're sorting it out so if it happens again we're going to buy stocks by the way we're you know the world don't worry we got your back on the dollar we're not going to let it go cocaine angel crack higher because it's going to blow up everything and that set the boundary and now we're stuck at that boundary so here whether as long as we stay inside that range it's just all chop So here Mm -hmm. on the on on the ES, clearly, if we break back above and hold above those uh, March highs, well, what's going to attract what's likely going to attract is the alt the the highs we put in September before the puke. If post the election, uh, you know, we can't break and we're still back inside this range will probably is some kind of correct reversal to the mean. And what you'd be watching to the downside are those 200 day moving averages. but again, it's, it, it's, all, it, it's also hard to look at a specific level because you're going to have the action, and anybody who traded you know the, the past election knows you've got stuff hitting in the overnight market with the liquid market, so you know anything's game, you know it's seek and destroy. it's Twilight Zone trading. so it's hard <laughs> to what's going to be more interesting is be the day, the week, how we close around the levels, not what happens on a specific day. Also, because again, as far as I know, we might not have the
1: results for two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you you tend to, with this inevitable volatility, strange market action, chop, is the best, and if, you know, we know that's going to be the case, is the best place to remove risk from the market or, or, you know, or, or stay out? Well, it depends what you're doing. I mean, in
0: general, I don't like the concept of, removing risk completely, if you're somebody who's, who's paid to take risk, right? Yep. I think what you have to do is manage your risk. So I'm not a believer of, oh my God, I have to get flat. You know, I, I'm, I'm a believer in, okay, uh, we're trading uh, VIX is at 30. You can't trade the same ways if VIX is stuck at nine. If we've got a VIX at 70, you can't, weigh the, can't trade the same exposure when the RIX is at 20. I think everything is manageable to a certain extent if your risk is in check, but so again, if 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 you're asking me as if you if I'm managing a long-term uh, ETF portfolio, long-only position, what do I do into the election? I don't do much. I, I do I, I do nothing. I might want to uh, hedge some risk over that week, right? Uh, by mm-hmm. selling some kind of uh, of percentage worth. Um, just to, to to hedge some of the risk if i'm really worried about it you know but you know if you're uh, if you're just managing systematically stuff you're probably not too you you know you're probably not too worried if you want to neutralize risk you can easily hedge that out and neutralize neutralize risk completely if you're scared for that overnight session or those two weeks right just hedge it out completely get yourself neutral if you want to yeah. but um for me as more of an active trader, what I will do. And again, it's hard for me to say now. Again, I'm sorry, my
1: answers are not always fun because it, it, no, no, it's, it's important. I think I, Jim, yeah, your, your approach to it is, is, is really well structured. I think most yeah. people should think of it in that way. So, you know, it, it depends. So here, if you ask me now, what
0: would my approach be going into election night? It's hard for me to say because it's not the same if we're going into election night and the ES is trading 3700, it's very different what I would do if we're going to election night if tra- if 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 ES is stuck here at 3400 or if we're going into election night and ES is in straight fall and we've had back-to-back 5% days. Yeah, so it's always going back to that that context, right? Without the context, it's very hard to give you a nice answer now i assume you know you'll probably get the guys going oh i'll be completely flat because i don't want to have any risk that's politically correct view right or somebody's gonna say i'm gonna be shorting the hell out of it but or buying i'm gonna stay long but that doesn't really mean anything because we don't know what's gonna happen uh we don't know you know trump and biden might both have covid by the time we have to people go out to vote it's just there's, there's too much uncertainty here Right. There's too much. There are too many knowns and unknowns, unknowns here on the table. So the way um, I can give you a concrete answer, the way I'm tackling it now is that I am probably carrying overnight something like um, 25 to 30 percent of my max risk exposure. And I've been doing that for about a week or since um since uh quarterly the end of the quarter and mm-hmm. i'll probably be reducing that so um you know i'll probably be moving towards 10 to 20 percent max exposure in the overnight session and right now my plan would be to be uh flat before going into the event completely flat yeah, yeah okay. um, it would be um I would say there's probably a 95% chance or, you know, uh, 95%, 90 plus percent chance, very, very high chance that I will be completely flat going to the event. If I think something is really out of whack and something's particularly interesting, I might, I might have something on, but if I have something on, it will probably be because I think the risk reward of having something on is just so big that Mm -hmm. I will be, uh, I will only need to have something like, you know, 5% of my max exposure on, because if it works, it's going to pay, you know, multiples of what I'm risking. And I don't need to, I want to be, if I'm wrong on it, I want to be wrong quick. And I want to be wrong with little and to be back flat and have, uh, possibility to move either
1: direction just coming back to um, the max exposure uh, percentages you're given there is that so is that you're comparing it to your, your complete like total account size when you say 30% exposure held overnight is that what you mean that's or? what
0: my max risk I'm willing to take right so that's okay. the my max open position
1: I would have right so it, and how does every, that how does that every, max position compare to like your account size how well just in in, in, oh, terms, sure, of in terms, terms of leverage yeah, yeah
0: um i mean and again uh i don't know this might might or not be con- controversial but um you know what i always talk about is you know size kills right yeah um, you know if you trade 1 to 1 so with no leverage you really have to try very hard and even there it's probably hard to blow your account right you have to be gifted <laughs> to blow your account trading 1 to 1 um Let's put it that way. So, 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 having said that, the, the the key is 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 to to trade responsibly. Now, people will have all kinds of different risk parameters and all kinds of leverage, and that also depends on uh, not only on your risk tolerance, but also on your account size. Paradoxically, um, you know, smaller the account, theoret you you know, especially if you want to build that account or or live on, you you're you're going to have to lever up. Uh, a little bit more. I think most junior traders or people starting out think, oh, I'm going to trade 1 to twenty, one to 50, whatever, right? Crazy amount of leverage. And they think, I can't wait till I'm trading a seven-figure account because then think of what that means. It's huge. Whereas usually what I say is you'll see you should, the luxury is that the bigger your account is, the less risk you have to take, right? So again, my max leverage is going to be very different to somebody else. Okay. So, um, on my core account. So on my main account, which is a fairly large account for most people, um, my leverage is around four. Okay. Maximum. Okay. Yeah. That's I'll trade around that. You know, I might trade, you know, around three to five, but four is a sweet spot for me. Uh, five would be rare. And, um, and then, on some more systematic accounts, I trade uh, some more aggressive things the the leverage might go up um you know six to nine range
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, but uh but that's uh again it's they' diff- different strategies different profile but yeah. but again um the the issue is most people will backtrack into that and go because they've been uh you know lied to or you know people think. Yeah, I can open a futures account with five thousand bucks and go out and trade futures. Sure, you can, but you know it's you're not going to last very long, right? And even if you make a lot of money for a couple of years trading that kind of leverage, you know you're gonna, sooner or later it's just the maths. So you're going to give it all back. And then people tend to back into it, and they go, they look at how much that would mean, how much they need to live, and they go, hey, they look at their account side, they go, you're crazy, it's not possible, you can't trade that kind of leverage single digit leverage it's just there's no way you know i can't make a living that way yet because they're looking at the wrong way around it's not the leverage that's too small is that your capital is too little for what you're trying to do right and and that's the problem for a lot of retail traders is because the books the movies the blogs want you to dream or a lot of them are ri- written by people who don't actually trade for a living, um, or want them to trade or sell them crap, whatever. It's just people don't have realistic expectations. But most retail traders, most non-experienced traders, would probably be shocked if they, you know, knew what kind of how little leverage you know professional trader yeah. will take compared to what they think they should be taking. And again, take any of these. You know you guys know it at cmc you know now that you have to uh when you got cfds whatever you have to put on the website what percentage of your mm-hmm. clients lose money right and and there's these astronomically high numbers now i guarantee you if you took all those guys and they did exactly the same trades but you you put them on one-to-one leverage there's a good chance right well first of all a lot won't uh, they'll all lose a lot less money but there's there's it's it's pretty evident that a bunch of them might actually be making money
1: yeah very interesting um and then do you, uh i'm just going to put right, round to uh silver and gold now because a lot of people have been following, following, following them real close because obviously they've, they've been having some massive rallies really sharp pullback relatively recently um are, are these on your radar? What, what's? Uh, if so, what are there some key levels that you're looking at? Um, they both appear to be in in sort of long term uptrends, uh, but obviously anything can change. Yeah, I mean, joking. I always say is that you got a lot of
0: retail traders when they get attracted to trader to to trading and the excitement of trading, um, they all start saying, "Oh, I trade." I day trade gold or I day trade silver or crude they love saying oh, I trade gold or crude I don't know why cuz one shines and the other one I don't know right <laughs> and then you'll see that the ones that don't blow up don't trade them anymore intraday yeah <laughs> right there's a reason for that so by the way uh, so again I think it, gold is is a similar thing is the central banks you know it's just clear have told you right the only you don't be short gold, right? We're never gonna raise rates again. We're gonna push inflation. We need inflation to go crazy, right, above our 2%. We're not even gonna think about raising it. We're not even gonna think about, think about, thinking about raising it, even if it's at 4%. So. All that means is no matter how much you hate gold, or whatever, you know, you've got gold bugs versus the guys who think it's a pet rock. And yeah, the trade's been, there's only been one trade, really. And that's that's long gold. That, that's long gold. That's the, you, you know, that's the only trade, that, that's been the only trade in town in terms of structural yeah. trade. Now, also, it just so happened that it's been extremely technical because it retraced when it started to puke in uh 209 208 209 that puke basically bottomed down around the 50 percent of that whole move up it bottomed back down around uh, 204 2014 2015 at the 50 back and then it, it came back so i think some people might call it i don't know don't quote me on this but you know um saucer cup and handle whatever these you know i'm not into these kind of patterns but basically yeah. right It just broke up and it went right back into that, those highs. So right here, if this move is in play, this would be pointing to, you know, 2300, 2300 area. And here, the way this is structured, the way this is trading, this could easily on the larger timeframes, this could easily pull back all the way into 1600, 1500. And that's still a buy for, for that 2300. Now, of course, you can't, after you saw that monthly reversal two months ago, you're not, gonna get, you know, you're not gonna get long there. But I think if you're trading it structurally, you have to have taken some off. You have to keep some on because you just don't know this could completely go crazy. It might not just not give you a pullback at all. There's very li- little reason to wanna be um, short gold. Yeah. Now, again, I'm not saying you need to go. I'm talking from a trading perspective. We're not talking about hoarding gold or whatever, right? But from a trading yeah. perspective, perspective, it's bid. It's bid. And, and you know, I I pointed out the other day on Twitter, I think everything pretty much turned at the same time. The markets are really in sync. So I don't know if you have a chart in front of you, but what you can see is that back at the end of the September, when we put those lows in. You'll see gold bounced at the 100 DMA, ES bounced at the 100 DMA, YM bounced at the 100 DMA, silver mm. bounced at the 100 DMA. Aussie bounced at the 100 DMA, Kiwi <laughs> bounced at the 100 DMA, CAD got sold at the 100 DMA, Swissy got sold at the 100 DMA. Cable got bought at the 100 DMA. start to see a pattern? If the markets are completely in sync. So in my humble opinion, the only people who are complaining about the price action are people who have a bias and want something to happen that's not happening because the markets, have, have they been choppy? Yes. Have they been technical? 100%. They've been in sync, both from seasonal perspective, both on how they're behaving on news, uh, also on how they're in sync one, uh, with one, what one and another. So again, and here it looks like we're trying to see here, it looks like there's a potential turn here with a little bit of a correction with some kind of, uh, a little bit of dollar strength coming in. And that could mean a little bit of heaviness on the, on the equities, but
1: yeah, the bigger picture hasn't really changed. You mentioned the dollar there. Um. Do you think it still looks short-term time frames looks looks relatively strong is getting bid, even though it's got a bit of resistance up higher, I think around the ninety-four market came off.
0: Yeah, I recently. mean for for me, everybody was getting excited when dollar broke above the 94, right? Has yeah. it broken out? Has it broken up? And as we've been saying, remember I talked told you about that high and low on the ES, right? That's yeah. that's the range that's being put on 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 the dollar. You can see it. It's the low in March, hence the the, the the low on equities when we puked, and then you have that um, that high afterwards, sorry, sorry, the the low before the March puke, and then the high in gold, which is the low in, in equities, right? And mm-hmm. we've been s- stuck inside that range all year. And you notice what happened, that low on gold, uh, sorry, on, on the dollar is not at 94 that low is at 94.50 pretty much. The low on the uh, 9th of March or 6th or 9th of March, that it's at at, at 94.50. And what happened? We rallied all the way back into that 94.50 and then we're trying to sell back off. Mm -hmm. So, so far this is extremely technical for the continuation. What you have to watch, what is key now is how we behave at that 50 DMA, which is where equities are looking for a direction, where the Swiss is looking for a direction, where Euro's looking for direction. Yeah. And that's coming in, you know, broadly speaking, around 9320. But again, look at it from a day close. That's important. So as long as the dollar holds above this 50 DMA, then there's a chance that we try and ramp back up and get mm-hmm. a bigger correction into the 96 zone. If we lose that 50 DMA, then it probably looks that like the next leg is back down to test those lows. Now, most people will say, hey, 50, what, you, what's, what kind of a cop-out is that? Well, it, this, this, this. Well, I'm sorry. It, it, it's just, you know, just the jokers go out saying this is going to happen. I don't know what's gonna happen. I have no idea what's gonna happen. I have no idea what's gonna happen. The only thing I know is I can try and highlight important points on the chart, key inflection points on the chart. And I tell myself, if this happens, then I think this is the most likely occurrence. And if this happens, then I think that this is the most likely occurrence. And that gives me a chance to to structure trades. So I'm not looking at levels or I'm not looking at technical analysis like it's some kind of, you know, fortune cookie on fortune telling or they predict the futures. No, now, if anybody has a risk, uh, a crystal ball or a magical, you know, fundy view that always plays out, go ahead. But that that's the way
1: I look at it. Well, one of the reasons we love having you on the show, and I've, I've followed your your stuff for a long time, is your viewpoints are that it's, um quite specific to you know how you look at the markets, and I think it's a great way to do it and avoid people avoid becoming yeah becoming too um, convinced or overconfident that something is going to happen and then end up positioning themselves. Com- well, if it, you know, basically, if it moves the other way and the, you know, if the other scenario happens, then, you know, if they're levered up and stuff, they, that's when you lose your account. So, yeah, um, because,
0: you know, the, the problem is also we're in a situation markets used to be simpler to a certain extent, even though the patterns are still there, whether you're looking on how market t- tends to trade Friday into Monday. Tuesday, whatever the patterns are still there seasonals but uh, markets were a little bit more simple here the the issue here is that we've got so many predicting the future's always been hard right and the higher the, the longer the time frame you choose the harder it is but here we're also in a situation with so many open variables that we've never had to deal with covid non covid trump biden a vaccine, non-vaccine, stimulus, rates, pension problems, unemployed. There's so many things going on that it's um, it, it's really it's really hard. The only advantage you have here, to a certain extent, from a bigger structural view, is that the central banks have told you exactly what they're going to do. So if after and we were short into that 2,400 on the yes, if after that you've been shorts since then, you're just not paying attention. You're not looking at what's going on. You're not looking at the intermarket dynamics and you're not listening to what everybody's told you. Now, on top of that, we're in a situation where you can probably make a very good case for why? the markets, again, have to crumble or completely skyrocket, no matter who wins, no matter what the central banks do, no matter what happens with COVID, we're at a very tricky inflection point where you can really, if you think about it, you can probably make a very good case for both things happening. And that's usually when traders get in the most trouble because both people get extremely stubborn on both sides. Mm. And on top of it, people try and and analyze these dynamics and 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 and, and have to deal with this biases which are sometimes not even on the same time horizon. And yeah. then it just becomes a huge mess. So again, it's not like nothing's happening. There's just so much uh risk out there I prefer to look at it this way I prefer to do it this way but again Mm -hmm. there may be uh,
1: there may be other ways yeah yeah it sort of segues quite nicely into um, I just wanted to chat for a little bit about um, trader psychology you could say that the biggest fight is always against yourself sort of like how we're, we're talking about you know how your mind works and what the decisions you make how have you learned to sort of take your ego out of the equation when trading well
0: i think you have a there are a couple of things first of all it it's impossible to work on that unless you have realistic expectations right and so the first thing you have to do is take away the some people generally whether they read some instagram stuff, whatever. But some people genuinely believe that, you know, you're going to come in and make 20% a day or 10% a day or what, you know, so yeah, you've got no hope if you don't have realistic expectations. But the point about working on your ego is that you have to decide to do it. The good thing is that if you don't decide to do it, the market will do it for you. And that's why it's very rare to find People who've been trading for a long time or be able to trade for a living that are not quite zen and humble. Now, mm-hmm. they like to talk smack, right? But even the guys who like to talk smack, if you've been doing it for a long time, it's for show. It's not what you're, you know, it, 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 you're acting very differently on your account sometimes. But really, if you've been doing this for a long time, you just get humbled because the market just takes no prisoners and it's very very good at humbling people so ultimately you know the market tends to to uh to beat it out of you yeah and do you, uh, do, you
1: um, do you have an example of of sort of when you know i mean at some point you you must have been learning as well have you got an example of a badly sort of managed trade trade that taught you a lesson it um
0: <laughs> i mean i don't know i don't know i take so many trades take your pick right but uh, there's probably so many okay, a common
1: scenario a common scenario maybe
0: i mean i think for me it's not um it's not a trade is um oh, yeah, i'm trying to think, but for me it's just there's a a time where two things happened i think at the same time one thing was that um yeah, this might get confusing because I'm just thinking about it now. Two big realizations, I think. One is that nobody knows anything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the second thing is that you have to have realistic expectations. And that means you have to trade smaller. Okay, so deconstructing those things. When you know whether you're studying uh finance economics whatever at school whether you're reading before you go to school whether you you look at tv channels whether you read bank notes whether you listen to important people people inherently grow up thinking that some people know something right i always tell my better half is when you walk into a store right oh let me ask somebody for help why, why would you assume they know anything Right, or it's like you assume somebody can drive because they drive a cab. Wrong. Right. <laughs> we all know. It's wrong. Right. So, and, and what you realize is if you've been around the financial markets for a long time, you realize that nobody, most people, just are one-tricked ponies and always talk about one thing, and they're either right every couple of months or every year or every ten years. But mm-hmm. nobody knows anything. That and, and it's not. I'm not. I'm not saying that in a bad way. Right, but even and usually the smarter people are the 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 less they really know and what that means is that nobody knows what's what's going to happen nobody knows what the market's going to do and you can construct a very smart thesis for both short long or long short and neutral view on anything pretty much most of the time so mm-hmm. you have to forget that somebody knows something that somebody can read the future. The only thing that will neutralize everything is price. Price never lies. And by price, I just mean looking at uh, a naked chart or, or naked quotes, just how price is reacting at specific levels. Then you can overlay that with indicators, uh, whatever. But it's, there's no secret thing. And that means that you have to work on finding your way to, to read the markets, to analyze price, to structure your trades. Ideally, do it in the simplest possible way. And my quest is always to make things simpler, simpler, simpler. So even if I have something I, I look at on my charts or an indicator or a specific instrument I have up on my chart, I every year, at the end of the year, I say, what positive contribution has this had, right? Having, mm-hmm. for example, crew uh, having copper on my screen or having this indicator or having this, if at the end of the year, it hasn't had a substantially positive contribution, I'll scrap it. I want to keep things as simple as possible, right? It's kind of like yeah. a good golf swing or a good uh, punch. It, the simpler it is, the better. All right. So that's it. And the second thing is the realistic expectations is that um, you have to trade smaller. It, there's just no other way around it. You have to trade smaller. You can't be trading all the time. There's not always a good trade out there and you have to just dial it back. Cause you can, you can trade also much higher leverage and press it but sooner or later, the math is gonna catch up with you or even if it doesn't, it just becomes too, too stressful, right? Yeah. and all these things both the thinking somebody knows something and and trading too big it, it has a negative impact on your uh, on on your zen on your flow on your on, yeah. on your on your mental capital so the moment you realize that nobody knows anything and that as opposed to m- what most people think uh you know uh, Irrespective of what you're, uh, what you're looking at, it's more than twenty percent a month. It's more like twenty percent a year is a killer year. Then yep. infinite uh, possibilities open up for you. You know that's not to say that you can't trade smaller or you can't even smaller. You can't trade even bigger. But everything everything comes at a cost.
1: So what we yeah what we're talking about this is so, I mean it's so common. Um, for a lot of people who start getting into trading, etc., to, to to trade, uh, you know too big. And you know, I I, I know I've um, had that problem earlier on, and and it's essentially about greed. Like people just want more than what they can, you know, they can really uh, feasibly get consistently in the market if they want to do it long term.
0: Yeah, because um, it's being gamified, and they also think that. It's kind of like because it's being gamified or what people think it's kind of like a casino, right? I can go in and play. Wrong, right? You can always walk in and play a slot machine. You can always go in if there's somebody handing out cards. You know, you can play any card game. But the market's not like that. There are times where there's nothing to do. There's time where there's no trade. And again, also the younger guys who, you know, forget the Lambos, but think, okay, I'm going to start trading and I'm going to have a beautiful life and I'm going to drive a Ferrari, whatever, right? Now, but people don't think this is the problem. Just think about it. Forget your returns, okay? Let's forget that people start trading with a hundred pound account or 500 quid account, whatever. (sighs) Most people that start trading, no matter what walk of life, no matter what kind of, broadly speaking, if I told you. You're going to be making 250 grand a year. You're going to be happy, whether it's pounds, whatever, right? Of course, I'm going to quit my job straight away. I'm going to drive a Lambo and I'm going to go. Okay, so most people, you you make 250 grand a year. Take an average around the world. You're going to pay 50% in taxes. You got 125K left. You got to live off that. You might have a family, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to spend two, 300 pounds on a car. It ain't gonna happen. Even if you make 500,000, you can't afford to go out like the people cash with a bag of cash and buy, because the first time you, you, you scratch it, you can't even pay, you, you can't eat. So the, the people don't even think, or like people get, oh yeah, I saw, I'm saw. i thinking I'm gonna make, yeah, I'm trying to make 1% a day. I'm like, really? Yeah, yeah, well, it doesn't sound like enough. Well, get your Excel out and compound 1% a day and look at it, what it looks like on a year. Like oh man well yeah so uh, people just don't think the expect that's why i say realistic expectations is just trying compound even half a percent a day it's massive so you have to think that you know there's there's no money lying around i think a lot of the investment books and stuff have done more harm than good but people just Mm -hmm. don't have the risk because they're trying to do something that is not possible unless it's an outlier. And then what happens, the books, the blogs, the movies, they, whether, most of the time it's not true. And when it's, it's true, they're picking the outlier. And then everybody thinks that's the norm. So, it, it, so, so it's, it's, they're trying to do something which is just impossible and which the way they're doing that is mathematically destined for them to, blow, to lose their account. Yeah. Because if, if you have the right expectations, it's extremely doable, but you have to have the right expectations.
1: So how do you internalize the, you know, these lessons? Obviously there's always books around, even from like people that have experienced and talking about very good things, or even like this podcast, where you know I'm we, we, um, learning a lot from yourself, What's the best way to internalize these lessons or, you know, is there no better teacher than the market teaching you <laughs> repeatedly over and again?
0: I think you have, there's there's a problem is that you can spend a lot of time reading books, a lot of time looking at charts and learn nothing or yeah. learn the wrong things, which is even worse. And sometimes, you know, um, when I talk through somebody through a chart or something, I go, you know, oh, I've been trading for five years. I watch charts every day. And then you you try, you try explain what's going on on a naked chart and like, oh, they had no idea, right? Mm-hmm. So I think what you should do is by all means, and especially if you like trading, you, you have to be passionate and enthusiastic about it. So by all means, go out and read everything you can. Listen to any possible podcast try any possible indicator but just don't throw your common sense out of the window and think 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 it's just so easy to do yet so many people don't that. if somebody tells you oh all the, uh, the you know the classical sales pitch people go oh yeah these guys on instagram they said they're making uh they're making uh, 50k a month off a 10k account. It's crazy. Look at me. I trade responsibly. I have a hundred K account, but I only make 10K a month. Well, think about it. do the maths. Do what that means on a year compound. The guy would would buy, you know, a country in a couple of years' time. <laughs> and the smartest people fall for that mistake. But I think it's 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 important to, to think. Now, personally, um, the truth is that I would strive to, again, if you have an inquisitive mind, so it's important, you're going to have to make mistakes. Everybody has to make mistakes. If people only learn through making mistakes, really, you know, you can tell 100 people, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this until they do. So stay small, because at least if you're trading extremely small leverage, you can make all the mistakes you want and still not blow up. So that's a first step, except that you're going to make mistakes, just make sure that you don't make the same mistake more than a couple of times. By all means, experiment to try and find what works best for you. But usually, you'll see that you'll go round circle, and you'll go to something very simple, because the simple stuff is what tends to work. The simple, But there, there's no easy answer. It just takes time. It takes dedication and, um, you know, the, the willing to put in the time and, and not only the time, but to do things properly. It's a hard one because people want a quick answer, a quick solution, a quick fix, similar to people who go to the gym or want a better golf swing or a better squat or whatever. And And the reality is that, first of all, the answer is probably different for everybody and second of all the solution will be simple but finding the answer is probably not going to be
1: easier quick yeah but that's, i mean it's the same and being successful in almost any walk of life it takes time and dedication to get there i suppose yeah but um,
0: people won't accept that for trading
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: Anybody will accept the fact that you can't go out and operate on a live patient unless you've done seven to eight to 10 years of med school plus residency, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody will accept that, you know, you can't, you know, but for some reason, they think they can start trading, quit their job and and make millions. When nobody around them they know has ever done it, right? But for some reason, for some reason, you know, and everybody falls in this category. You have this dream of you being the only one, and oh yeah, I know you shouldn't trade leverage, but I can do it. I know you can't compound one percent a day. Well, but watch, I'll do it.
1: (laughs) It, It's always it's the feeling that for me it will be different everyone (laughs) unless
0: unless one day it's kind of like i say it's kind of like showing up the aa right you 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 Mm. can't take somebody you know somebody has to wake up one day look at the mirror and say this is my name and i'm an alcoholic and that's when you you make a conscious decision to change unless you make a constant decision to change it's never going to happen. And because I think fundamentally, it's just you in front of your screen, nobody around you, whatever, is extremely easy to lie to yourself or to just wire in a little bit more money into the account. Forget about that. Just, okay, it didn't happen. Let me start again. Didn't happen. Let me start again. Didn't happen. Let me start again. Mm. But if you've been doing that for years, you need, to, you need to wake up, right? Then it's, trust me, it's much funner to go and bet on something else because it can't be fun. If you want to, it's okay to finance a gambling habit, but there are much funner ways to do it than, than levering up and, and, and all the stress and getting killed in the markets, right? And the problem is, most people like to think they're trading and they're being professional, but they're just financing a gambling habit. It's the same thing. Look at the guys that start on Instagram or on Twitter. Everybody does it. You know, they, I had a talk with somebody, you know, they, they have to choose a handle or I'm not gonna mention another platform. I, I, I told some people to sign up somewhere, right? And I said, you know, choose, Choose a professional handle, whatever. What do people sign up as? FX guru, slayer. Like, what the (laughs) F are you thinking, right? Or then you read people are answering you uh, on Twitter. You post something and then you get a stupid answer and you're like, who the hell is this? You click on it, right? And there's a photo of them doing a a shot or something stupid or whatever. And then it says hedge fund manager, you know, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, you just look at it once and, you know, this guy's like a piker living in fantasy world. Yeah. Yeah. No, nobody in the for, apart from the fact that nobody in the right mind that's making money is going to want to go on Twitter or whatever and tell people how much money they make or show them their account, whatever. But people are come it, it, and they describe themselves or when they talk to you, yo, I'm a star trader. I'm a master scalper. I do. It, everybody's living in fantasy world. Well, so a, a dash of of humility and wanting to learn will go a long way. But if you start with calling yourself a, ma- a, a a trader, you you haven't even started. Or if you tell yourself, you know, you live in fantasy land, or if your profile pic is a car that you couldn't even uh, afford to buy a picture of, right? It, it's destined to not go anywhere.
1: Yeah, it's good, good lessons to try and learn. Um, And I hope this uh, helps a lot of people that are listening. It's just try and
0: be, try and be, uh, it's not going to work for everybody, but in general, try and be as responsible or as diligent as you are in other things in life. Yeah, most people spend more time, as I always say, deciding what mobile phone plan they're going to get Rather than blowing 2K or trading non farm payrolls, release people spend like a week discussing with their better half what refrigerator they should get, and then they just open up a platform, send some money, and start trading. So just try and apply the same common sense that you would to other parts of your life in general to trading too, and things will probably be a little bit better, hopefully.
1: So just to finish up the uh, the podcast i'm just really interested to know um what do you consider your your edge in trading what have you learned over the years that gives you sort of like your edge
0: what gives me i'm trying to think the root co- what gives me my I, me that's my head. my head <laughs> I, it's just the way i think The level head just the way i think there are probably a lot of things but it's just the way i the, you know you could say you know i could say oh the way i manage my risk or this or that but ultimately it just yeah it just boils to realistic expectations to doing what i need to do yes yeah, so what i would say is there's one thing that and it's just me right but and I joke about it on, on, on Twitter, is I know that come rain, come shine, whatever, I'm gonna be in front of the screens for London Open and I'm gonna trade. Yeah. That's, that's gonna happen. You know, I've done, you know, I, I run some webinars. I've had webinars where I, I had a dialogue box open on the chart and I was writing it because I had a fever and I had no voice. Not because I'm a hero, but that's just I get shit done. Yeah. So I'm not, you know. So 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 my edge is is just I know what I need to do and I do it, and that's just not negotiable. But that's pretty much with most aspects of with all aspects of my life. Mm -hmm. But do I have anything special power? Do I have a special indicator? Do I have a special system? Do I have special risk management? No. It's like what, you know, most people say, you could publish rules for what you do, give it out for free, nobody would have the same two people wouldn't have the same results. Because people just you know, say you give people 10 people the same diet even if they were exact clone somebody, so it's the same body type and same right. and give them the same diet, whatever, they probably do have different results because people just don't do what they need to do. Yeah. And it starts from showing up, <laughs> showing <laughs> up and doing what you're supposed to do. If you said you're going to do this, if you said you're going to trade, take this kind of trade with this kind of leverage and do this, if this have this, you got to do what you need. You know, you got to do what you need to do. But yep. um if anything, I think what again to go. I think, I think probably what, yeah. People who know me or even my fam people would say my the trait I have is just is just revolves around willpower, right? If by no shortcuts and willpower, if I just I got to do something, I'll do it.
1: Yep. Yeah. But and again, so- I
0: don't think I have a special. Um, I think, but I think that's the case for every trader, ultimately, and and again, I just thinking about it now, so I might be off the mark after we hang up, I might change my mind. But I think, really, is there another answer to ultimately, if you boil it down to the essence, any trader who has edge, isn't the edge themselves? Because I can give you a system that's guaranteed to make money. But if you don't respect the rules, if you don't click on the button, if you don't do what you need to do, the system is useless. So, right, it's to a certain extent, somebody who, who plays guitar beautifully, you could give them a five-buck old used guitar and it's going to sound awesome. Yeah, you might have some exceptions, but everybody's edge really ultimately is, is uh, again, again, unless, you know, I'm not Citadel, right? So... <laughs> then the answer would probably be different but i think for a, a p- private retail trader your edge if it doesn't come from you i don't know where it comes from
1: i don't know what do you think yeah i mean uh, it's where well, this comes back to the psychology angle doesn't it i mean it, it is a it's a constant game trying to win against yourself and that's um, a challenge is that it takes a while to get, get to a point where you, you overcome that and you can um, sort of counteract the things that you know are wrong and you shouldn't be doing. <laughs> and when yeah, you have it, the willpower, you, like you say, to, to manage that and control it. Yeah. And you and have you to have come in into that manner. That's the sorry, go ahead. as well.
0: Oh, no, you have to come to every day just knowing what you know, knowing what you don't know and do it right then then again i'm always i always run in parallel in the sense that what i do is extremely basic and and extremely you know regimented but that's everything from when i wake up what i eat what i do you know it's but at the same time in parallel i'm always trying to work on something new right so i'll be listening to podcast, somebody might send me an indicator, look at this, I might look at it for three seconds or four days, I don't know. But there's always going to be uh, a parallel, something in parallel going, right? So, but what I found is over the years, it's very, it's funny, but most of the things I, I look at to try and that work on, usually help me reinforce that what I'm doing works. But where I'm getting better where I do get better, uh, where I'm getting better every year, is at applying what I know and filtering out my bias. That's prob maybe that's more concrete answer. What I'm good at is what i'm I'm pretty good at is every year, I have less bias than I used to because you're always gonna have some, but i'm yeah. I- I'm pretty good at that. I work at it. so you know, sometimes you might know, Certain things are likely to happen. This will happen nine times out of 10. This is the seasonality, but you will still kind of fight it a little bit because you have a bias. And uh, um, I work hard on myself to get rid of that. And I'm pretty good at it. I'm not perfect at all, but I'm good. This year, I'm particularly happy um, because uh, I got a, a part of 2019, I got stuck a little bit feeling a little bit bearish that this thing's crazy man this has to go down right Mm -hmm. and i got stuck in that in that mindset for a couple of months and i also because i almost i got i got paid on that in may and in in the summer but then come the end of the year those last months of the year i started trading a lot to the to the long side and then instead of getting bearish as i should have gotten like getting bearish coming into the year in january which i almost thought there you go i'm going to get bearish again because we had that sell-off beginning of 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 jan yeah and and i and we didn't break down any key average and i I stayed and then I, i got bearish again in march and I, I knew myself there, I was, I was thinking about, okay, this shit's going to unravel big, right? So we've got to get 50% correction, we got to get a 50% correction. And um, and then I, and this is what helps also me doing my daily webinars and stuff, because it really wouldn't be the same if I weren't accountable to people every day like yeah. that. And, and there, I was very careful to paying attention to what the market was doing. And what the market was uh, uh, was how the market was react reacting, especially when Powell came out at those lows. and and this year from then, I've been trading very aggressively, both the long side and 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 the short side. I've really been able to keep my my thoughts in in the corner of my uh, of my mind, but just purely trade the price action so I, I i'm i'm so i think that's one thing which i'm good at over the years is is one more specific thing is that i'm i really work hard and i and i'm getting better at that it, it always doesn't translate into into perfect but i'm really reducing my bias a lot awesome well
1: that's great 50 i, I think um been really great to have you on on the on the podcast again and um really valuable lessons for everyone my listening. pleasure uh, yeah it's, it's uh, yeah it's been great and um always great to get your insight on, on the current markets as well as we were talking about you know you move your move the bias and it's, it's good to give people that if this then that scenarios on both sides and hopefully you know by doing this more often uh we can help teach other people to, to sort of think in that way as well um, and as always, like, uh, if you want to follow 50, uh, you can go online, 50pipsfx.com. I believe that's right, 50? Yep. Cheers, 50. Thank uh, you. All the a best. The
0: week. Cheers. Same <laughs> to you. Take care. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. Just a quick note before we sign off. If you're looking for an easily digestible daily update on the markets, this might be of interest to you. Opto Updates is our short newsletter sent every day during a trading week, giving you a bulleted list of the top seven stories from the global stock markets. We've done the hard work for you, highlighting relevant opportunities and trends, and in addition, we'll also keep you notified of any new podcasts, stock reports or events from the Opto world. If you're interested, sign up using the link in the show notes. Until next time.